Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on this morning's USDA WASDE report. Also, we'll check in with a couple of local farmers and find out what the rain will mean going forward. And up first in today's country comment, we'll get an update on the province's corn and sunflower crops. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Farmers across the province are welcoming rain this week. I had a chance to chat with Morgan Cott, an agronomist with the Manitoba Crop Alliance, yesterday about how the corn crop is looking. The crop is looking good in areas. It's struggling in other areas, though the dry soil is really starting to affect some fields. I'm noticing some curling up plants and um, they're their colors changing just a little bit or getting a little bit more pale and bluish rather than green. Um, so that's happening, but the rain certainly will have helped. How's it been handling, um, you know, the heat over the past week or so? It's, yeah, I mean, it's not been great for the corn. I mean, it's, it's, it's all good if there's water to go with it, but um, yeah, the, that's the curling up and the, the heat and the drought together is making the corn um, go a little bit backwards and not growing fast at all. What stage would you say it's uh, generally at? Um, roughly, we're at about say V two, so two leaf collars. Maybe about if you're if you're a leaf counter, then it would probably be about four leaf, maybe on average. It's very stagey throughout the field, though. So you'll find plants that are um, maybe just have one leaf collar. Um, and some that may have three. So, but an average is probably about V. And I would say an average is V two right now. Any insect issues? A little bit of cutworms, but otherwise not not anything pressing right now. So there's a plus. If we have any pluses, that's plus. There's not a lot of disease right now, or no, not no. in corn. We're not typically worried about early season diseases in corn. There might be some um, some root issues, um, but generally it's not a concern in Manitoba, at least. Thank goodness. What about sunflowers? Sunflowers are coming along too. They're also a little slow, um, but generally they're healthy. I haven't seen any um, disease issues. There has been a, um, a little bit of sunflower sprayed for cutworm, but I don't think it's been as pressing as it has been in the past, but not to say that it's it's not going to happen here. So we're usually looking for cutworms till about mid-June or so, and since the sunflowers are staying small, um, then they still have a, a great plant to feed on, so they can do a lot of damage quick. Definitely keep on scouting for them. And uh, what what stage would the sunflowers be at? Um, basically, we're probably at about two leaf. I'd say there might be a little bit. That's four leaf or getting to the four leaf stage. Um, after this rain, though, they'll start taking off as well, though. So a little bit behind with everything, but I think we'll have some quick growing conditions this week now with the rain and the warm weather. That was Morgan Cott, an agronomist with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. We chatted yesterday about the province's corn and sunflower crops. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Canary seed will soon be designated as an official grain under the Canada Grain Act. Remy Goslin is with the Canadian Grain Commission. As of August 1st, uh, 2021, canary seed will be designated as an official grain under the Canada Grain Act. And this is a major uh, development, particularly for producers uh, who will benefit from the same rights, uh, services, and protections on their canary seed crop as they do on other regulated uh, grains. 
Canary seed is the largest volume grain that is not currently protected under the Canada Grain Act. And many parts of the province received rain this week, and that's good news for farmers. Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance gave us an update on the corn crop. Roughly, we're at about say V two, so two leaf collars. Maybe about if you're if you're a leaf counter, then it would probably be about four leaf, maybe on average. It's very stagey throughout the field, though. So you'll find plants that are maybe just have one leaf collar and some that may have three. And I would say an average is V two right now. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, June 10th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get a crop update from Manitoba. Much-needed rain fell over parts of southern Manitoba this week. I caught up with Warren McCutcheon, who farms near Carmen, Manitoba. Uh, it was really variable. It's kind of been the story all year. Uh, you know, we need to gauge every mile or half mile. Uh, I know Carmen got drilled pretty good yesterday, kind of hearing three and a half, four inches, maybe a lot of it coming in, you know, within an hour. And we're just east of Carmen here about three miles, and we kind of range anywhere from, you know, maybe close to three inches close to town to uh, less than an inch probably because you got past uh, east of Homewood. So, yeah, really variable, but uh, we're kind of maybe an inch and a half on most of our stuff, so really ideal. Pretty much couldn't have ordered a better rain for this time of year. We were, we were uh, really looking for that, and that's yeah, what a blessing. Yeah, I guess uh, just expand a little bit on on what the rain is going to mean going forward here. Yeah, I know it's it definitely buys us some time here. When you see some hot temperatures coming in the forecast for next week, and if we hadn't received that rain, I mean things were starting to go backwards a little bit here. Uh, you know, the canola seemed like it was stalled out a little bit. The, the wheat was definitely hurting. I know I see some oats around that looked really sickly, especially if you know herbicide had gone on here recently. They, they really put that hot dry stretch tough. Um, seems like corn and beans actually look really good. They come out of the ground, uh, come out of the ground nice. Termination looks good, and, and they should uh, they should roll here now. We've got uh, got some moisture in when it warms up. Yeah, and I guess just just going forward, uh, do you expect the crops will sort of bounce back from this uh, uh, heat uh, heat wave here? It's hard to say. I've, you know, things like wheat, uh, they definitely were going backwards. Uh, I think there's still decent potential there, but it does look like it accelerated some of that growth a little bit prematurely. Uh, it's hard to say whether there was some damage done there with those really hot temperatures and dry conditions for the last few weeks, but time will tell on that stuff here in the next few weeks. Um, but I think crops like corn and beans definitely, uh, there's still full potential. Just, you know, it'll be dependent on, you know, if we can keep getting fed with those rains throughout the summer here every every week or 10 days and, you know, it doesn't get too crazy hot, but uh, we haven't lost much on those for sure with the tough conditions this spring. That was Carmen area farmer Warren McCutcheon. Golden West reporter Barry Lamb spoke with Barry Reimer, who farms near Killarney, Manitoba. Well, we were really pleased. We had uh, at our home farm, we had two inches of rain, which was such a blessing. And then our north farm got an inch, but it's had more rain throughout the year. But here at our home farm, it was so dry. We we thought we were going to lose our whole crop. And this just brought it all back to life. How are the crops looking right now with this rain and everything? Um, well, some of the crop well, the crops were hurting. The canola we seeded later till like Tuesday after the May long weekend, and it was still doing okay because it had a bit of moisture to survive on. But the early wheat was really suffering. It was it was starting to yellow and die off basically, and there's patches all over the place because some didn't even germinate till it finally did rain. 
And once this rain has arrived, does that help for the crop to bounce back and uh, you have high hopes things look look good or have a good chance of uh, being a normal year then? Well, I'm very optimistic with the canola. I'm spraying that right now as we speak, and it, it looks really nice. But I think the wheat took a bit of a kicking. I, I Time will tell, but I don't think it'll be the biggest crop, that's for sure. Um, but, but, yeah, in the canola, I think, will be okay, but the wheat is, I think, got set back somewhat, and the oats as well. So about weeds and or insects, uh, what, what's happening that way? Um, well, we got a little bit of insect issue just on the outside rounds. We sprayed them for insecticide, but that's it. The rest of the field's not bad at all. I think it was even too dry for them to survive. Was the rainfall fairly general in the, the Clarney area, as far as you know, Barry? Um, as far as I know, I think it was pretty much general. Everybody had pretty much the inch, but uh, further east you went, the heavier it got, and that's why here at our home farm we got two inches, and and uh, we even got washouts. Like it's hard to believe that the ground could be wet for once after the year that we've had. And moving forward, how much are uh, timely rain still needed uh, to to help with maturity? Well, yeah, we're going to need some more timely rains. That's for sure, but. I don't know. I've, I've got a real optimistic weather forecast I'm looking at. It says another inch and three quarters for tomorrow, so I hope they're right. But we've heard all these stories. We've been looking at the long-range forecast and always hoping for more, and it showed more, and it never showed up. So it was real disheartening. But, uh, yeah, the subsoil moisture is just not there. Like, like there's just nothing further down, virtually nothing. I think we're at, like, 21% or something like that. That was Barry Reimer, a farmer near Killarney, Manitoba, speaking with Golden West reporter Barry Lamb. Continuing on today's Prairie Eggwire, Glendalee Allen Wasser focuses on the importance of native prairie. Today, she chats with Austin Barron, an agri environmental specialist with Saskatchewan's Ministry of Agriculture. Austin, how much of Saskatchewan do we see as actually having intact native prairie? It's actually only approximately 19% of our native prairie remaining intact in Saskatchewan. And it is one of the ecosystems with the highest risk of conversion in the whole world. Um, here in the southwest part of the province, we are home to a lot of the remaining intact native prairie in Saskatchewan. So why are we so concerned about protecting native prairie? Well, in addition to their aesthetic value, native prairie is home to a very diverse plant and animal community with a variety of grasses, forbs, and shrubs, all of which are super important to wildlife habitat. Approximately 80% of Saskatchewan species at risk call native prairies their home. In addition, these prairie plants are well adapted to local climate and moisture conditions, making them more resilient to disturbance and extreme weather events that non-native species um, that are used for livestock, feed, or grain production. Having a diverse mix of native plants also allows for staggering flowering times, which provides food sources for pollinators throughout the growing season. Some people view native prairie as being wasteland that isn't suitable for crop production. Native grasslands are actually one of the largest biomes in the world and are super productive. In Saskatchewan, native prairie is considered by many to be of low agricultural capability because of the topography and soil textures that are unsuitable for conventional farming. The reality is, however, that native prairie offers other benefits and is an invaluable asset 
that offers many cultural, social, and ecological goods and services. For example, our native grassland systems cycle massive amounts of water and nutrients, including storing carbon and cycling nitrogen and oxygen. Can you talk a little bit about how ranchers and, and cattle play a role in conservation here? Native prairie evolved under systematic grazing pressure from large ruminants, specifically the vast herds of bison that once roamed the Great Plains. Today, ranchers using good grazing management have taken over the responsibility of keeping our native grasslands healthy. They do this by managing for things such as litter layer thickness and plant community. Healthy cows and sustainable ranching operations need well cared for forage resources. So ranchers watch carefully for indications of imbalance and adjust their management to address those imbalances in the system to keep our native prairies healthy. I've been talking with Austin Barron. Austin is an agri-environmental specialist with the Ministry of Agriculture. For Golden West, I'm Glendale allen Bossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Angus Association Annual General Meeting takes place online tonight starting at 6 p.m., Go to their website for details. Canada's Farm Show is going virtual this year, June 16th and 17th. Go to canadasfarmshow.com and Egg in Motion invites you to an online session entitled Getting On With Growing Vigilance in Crop Care, June 23rd. Registration details can be found on the Egg in Motion website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, the USDA released its June WASDE report this morning. I got the details from Ben Buckner with Egg Resource Company. Mostly as expected. I think the USDA has sort of uh, been forced to raise U.S. corn consumption due to you know the normalization of ethanol demand and the pace of export sales and shipments is just kind of unavoidable. And so they did that, lowered corn stocks, uh, old and new crop by about 100 million bushels. And so as expected, but also does serve to keep cash and futures market, markets elevated until we see a weather pattern shift. It did lower soybean crush in the U.S. by 15 million bushels. No other changes, so that raised old and new crop soybean stocks in the U.S. by 15 million bushels. And then the wheat balance sheet was largely left unchanged. I think uh, higher exports and higher feed use offset a uh, slightly larger winter wheat crop here in the U.S., but I also think the market is still looking at you know, ongoing drought expansion across the spring wheat belts of the northern U.S. and Pacific Northwest. And so in the end, we probably will have a year-over-year correction or contraction in U.S. wheat production. Otherwise, you know, they lowered uh, Brazilian corn production by just 4 million tons, and no other changes really were made to a global balance sheet. And so, you know, the global balance sheets seem adequate if weather is perfect, but we do think that over the next couple of months, um, Global consumption will be raised further, thereby lowering old crop stocks. And, of course, we have these weather problems, mostly in the U.S., but also across the spring wheat areas of Kazakhstan and central Russia. So, overall, markets still look poised to to rally further until we do see a major, dramatic, and immediate weather shift in the U.S. Talk a little bit more about crops um, in the U.S., how things are looking there. They look okay for now. Moisture demands are not very high, and soil moisture up until maybe the middle part of May was okay. 
but it's changing very quickly. You know, we're hearing of some water use rates of half to six tenths of an inch per day, which you can't even offset with irrigation. So drought continues to expand, will expand further, assuming two-week forecasts verify. And, and I guess the, the real message is that, you know, moisture accumulation so far since about late winter has been on pace with 2012, which, if you remember, was you know a devastating drought in the U.S. So I don't think you know widespread catastrophe is the most probable scenario, but crops will be going backwards over the next two weeks, and the big question is whether July weather improves. But in the context of we need to have record yields of everything to produce our way out of the current supply shortages, and that seems to be unlikely just based on if nothing else, every model is in agreement that heat will continue in the U.S. and Canada probably into the latter part of summer. So everything looks good now, but we'll be going backwards pretty quick, we think. The next big report will be the um, acreage uh, report later this month? Yeah, that's right. And that also includes uh, stocks. So it gives another measure on residual use for corn and soybeans and wheat, which, you know, of course, no, no one can measure until those reports are released. But, you know, barring the addition of, I don't know, 8 million combined major crop acres in the U.S. and the finding of old crop supply, you know, I think that these supply shortages will still linger in the background. But you're right, that June 30th report is going to trigger probably a limit up or limit down move, depending on what the data says. That was Ben Buckner with Ag Resource Company recapping this morning's June USDA WASD report. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The USDA released its June WASD report this morning. Ben Buckner is with Ag Resource Company. Mostly as expected. I think the USDA has sort of uh, been forced to raise U.S. corn consumption due to you know the normalization of ethanol demand and the pace of export sales and shipments is just kind of unavoidable. And so they did that lowered corn stocks, uh, old and new crop, by about 100 million bushels. And so that is expected, but also does serve to keep cash and futures markets elevated until we see a weather pattern shift. They did lower soybean crush in the U.S. by 15 million bushels. No other changes, so that raised old and new crop soybean stocks in the U.S. by 15 million bushels. The wheat balance sheet was largely left unchanged. Farmers in many areas are welcoming the rain this week. Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance gave an update on the sunflower crop. We're probably at about two leaf. I'd say there might be a little bit that's four leaf or getting to the four leaf stage. After this rain, though, they'll start taking off as well, though. So a little bit behind with everything, but I think we'll have some quick growing conditions this week now with the rain and the warm weather. And effective August 1st, canary seed will be designated as an official grain under the Canada Grain Act. Grain producers will benefit from the same rights, services, and protections on their canary seed crop as they do on other regulated grains. Remy Goslin is with the Canadian Grain Commission. Some of these rights and services include the right to have their canary seed assessed for grade and dockage following official grading standards at the time of delivery. It also means that they have the right to dispute their grains assessment at a licensed primary grain elevator at the time of delivery through subject two. A big one as well is uh, payment protections through the Canadian Grain Commission's uh, Safeguard for uh, uh, Farmers program. So uh, their transactions will be secured. And then finally, uh, they will also have access to no-fee quality assessments as part of the Canadian Grain Commission's uh, Harvest Sample program. Canary seed is the largest volume grain that is not currently protected under the Canada Grain Act. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program.
We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll chat with Remy Goslin with the Canadian Grain Commission. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.